Pastora Sonia, a big welcome, amen. Come on, we could do better than that for the first lady of the church. Give her a round, amen. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Um, it's just an honor and a privilege to even get to stand behind the pulpit that God entrusted me to speak into your lives this morning. Um, as I was, came to church this morning and I seen everyone here, you know, God is so happy that you guys are here. You guys are here because you want to hear from him. You're not at home asleep. You could have been watching football. You could have been anywhere else, but you're here in the house of God. You should give yourselves a hand clap. Um, if you don't know me, I'm Pastor Edgy's wife, um, and he's out preaching in Bakersfield, so he wanted me to preach this morning. And so this morning I want to preach on, will you, you will struggle with problems in your faith. The title is, You Will Struggle With Problems in Your Faith. How many know, even though we come to church and live godly lives, we are still going to have times in our lives that we're going to face real problems? Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you're problem-free. You're going to have problems. It, but it doesn't mean that God's not with you. Because sometimes when you go through something, people think like, oh man, that person's sinning. What's wrong with them? They're going through this problem. It doesn't mean that. God is still with you. You're human. You live on earth. You're going to go through problems. Don't think that God's not with you. He's always with you. And your problem, that issue you're going through, it's going to turn into your miracle. It's going to turn into a testimony. You might have came to church through the home, but God's using you guys to help other people that have addictions or have things that are going on in their life. They see you guys, and you guys are that light. You guys are hope for them. Don't give up. Today I want to speak on Hannah. Hannah was a woman of faith, but she had real problems. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you this morning, Lord. We give you all the honor and all the glory, God. Father, I just pray for this service, God, that whatever anyone in here is going through right now, my God, that their problem would seem so little by the time they leave, God, and you, God, would seem so great and so mighty, God, because you are mighty, God. You are powerful, God. You could change any situation, God, and I just thank you for everyone that showed up this morning, God. They're here, Father, because they need you, God. Touch them right now in the name of Jesus, and I pray as they leave these doors, God, that weight that they came in with, Lord, it would be lifted off of them, that you, God, would take care of every situation, Lord. We give you glory, God. Anoint my lips, God. Let me speak what you want, not what I want, God. I just praise you and I give you glory this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If we could turn to 1 Samuel 1, 1 through 10. It says, there was a man from Ramatham, Zophim, in a hill country of Ephraim. His name was Elkanah, son of Jerohom, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuth, an Ephraimite. He had two wives, the first named Hannah and the second Peninnah. 
Peninnah had children, but Hannah was childless. This man would go up from his town every year to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts of, at Shiloh, where Eli's two sons, Hopni and Phinehas, were the Lord's priests. Whenever Elkanah offered a sacrifice, he always gave portions of meat to his wife, Peninnah, and to each of her sons and daughters. But he gave a double portion to Hannah, for he loved her even though the Lord had kept her from conceiving. Her rival would taunt her severely just to provoke her because the Lord had kept Hannah from conceiving. Whenever she went up to the Lord's house, her rival taunted her in this way every year. Hannah wept and would not eat. Hannah, why are you crying? Her husband Elkanah asked. Why won't you eat? Why are you troubled? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Hannah got up and after they ate, drank at Shiloh. Eli the priest was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's tabernacle. Deeply hurt, Hannah prayed to the Lord and wept with many tears. Hannah's problem was that she had no children. The Lord had shut up her womb. And back in those days, if you were, couldn't have children, you were a disgrace. So she was a disgrace to the people, like she was nothing, like, oh, she can't even give her husband children. Sometimes you might feel like what you're going through, like you're a disgrace, like what do I have to offer? I can't even give anybody anything, but you're not. We need to understand that God is with us regardless of what's going on in our lives. The problem you could be facing today could be in your marriage, with your children, with your finances, with your health. You might be battling an addiction. You might have lost your job. Or you just might be going through something personal that nobody knows about. But that doesn't mean that God is not with you. People think that everything needs to be perfect in our lives. That's not true. Don't think because you're going through something that God is not for you or he's not with you. Why? Because Hannah was a woman of faith, but she had a problem. We see in verse 5 it says, The Lord had given her no children. She couldn't bear children. What is it in your life that has you down today that God hasn't given you? Is it an unsaved loved one? Is it your marriage? Is your marriage falling apart? Are your finances low? Is it your business doesn't feel like you could get a breakthrough? Or do you just want peace? Sometimes it's not even material things. You just need peace. Whatever it is, God knows. He sees your pain. Another thing that she faced was in verse 6. It said, it says that this embarrassed and aggrieved Hannah. Sometimes you could feel so embarrassed of the things you go through. And you don't want to show your face because you're so embarrassed. We think, God, everyone sees what's going on in my life. This issue, it's so embarrassing, Lord. Or maybe you're just tired of people seeing you going through the same thing every year, over and over and over again. 
Another thing Hannah went through was, in verse 6, it said, Her rival provoked her greatly. How many know sometimes the devil does that to us? He says, oh, look at that brother, look at that sister, they're blessed. And you're over here trying to find 99 cents for to make a meal out of it. Or look at their marriage, it looks so perfect. And my marriage, oh, can't even stand each other. Look, their kids are all saved and going to church and mine are out in the street. Man, that person, they got a new car and I can't even pay my light bill. Sometimes the devil puts all these thoughts in your mind. And you even think and feel, what about me, God? When am I going to get blessed? Remember, God is with you. No matter what is going on, God is still right there with you. Another thing she was feeling was vexed. Vexed means worried, stressed out, causing difficulty in finding an answer or a solution. She couldn't find an answer why she couldn't have a baby. Another meaning is troubled persistently especially with petty annoyances. We can go through things so much like Hannah and feel these ways, but remember that God is still with you. Maybe you're here today and you've been going through some things and you feel vexed. You're wondering, how will this ever change? It feels hopeless. The situation feels dead. How is this going to ever change, God? The problem's constantly racing on your mind over and over again. And this could be in your personal life, in your marriage, in your ministry, and you're tired, you're worried, you're stressed out. Don't worry because you're not alone. Just because you have problems doesn't mean that God's not with you. Let's look at verse 7. It says, Hannah wept and could not eat. You know that she was going through something. If she couldn't even eat, that's how devastated she was. I mean, I got my wisdom teeth pulled, but I still found a way to eat. (laughs) I had braces that they said, "Um, you can't eat for so-and-so hours. I was like, Mom, I'm hungry. Take me to Wendy's. So you know she was going through something that was, she couldn't even eat. She felt weak. It says, during the time when they would go up to Shiloh, it was the Lord's house. They would go up to this place once a year. And it was supposed to be a time of feasting, of rejoicing, a festive time, like a holiday. It should, it's like us when we come to church. We should feel excited. We're coming to God's house. We should be rejoicing. There should be an excitement. But like Hannah She wept. She couldn't eat. Something was bothering her. Some of you this morning came in like Hannah. Something's bothering you. Nobody knows, but God knows. God's here and he hears your prayers. You're in church. You love God, but you're sad. You're hurt. You're depressed. You're worried. You feel like you can't rejoice. You feel like God has forgotten you. Everyone else is getting blessed. Everyone else looks happy. 
But your problem, that thing you're going through, is too much for you to bear anymore. Let me tell you, even though Hannah was going through all these things, all these problems, she didn't forget to pray. She didn't forget God. Sometimes when people go through things that come to church, the very thing that's going to help them get out of it, they run away from God. And I'm like, you should be running closer to God, not away from him. If you're a child of God, you know that he's your father and he's going to take care of you. When my kids have an issue, they don't run away and don't tell me. They come to me and they ask me, Mom, this happened. Can you help me? That's how we should be with God. He's our father. Whatever we need, we can ask him. Don't feel like he's not listening to you. It says, she knew the one that, she would, that would be able to help her was God. If you're going to start the new year, new year off right, you're going to have to become a person of prayer. Jesus was a man of prayer. And let's go to Mark 135. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, went out, and made his way to a deserted place. And he was praying there. And if we turn to Luke 5.16. It said, yet he often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. So Jesus, the one that is almighty, all-powerful, he could do anything. He even knew that prayer was important. He would go away from the crowd and go get refreshed and go pray. He would pray to our Heavenly Father. So how much more us? We, we don't live life alone. Remember, God's always with you. When you're alone somewhere, you're not alone because God is with you. Remember, when we're walking through hard times, God is with you, never alone. The Bible says that God said he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. When the devil tries to tell you, why are you going through this? Look, God doesn't love you. Tell him, yes, he does. He told me he will never leave me. He told me he will never forsake me. I might be feeling this right now, but I believe God, and I know he's with me. You need to tell the devil what God says, and he'll run. He'll flee. He flees at the name of Jesus. If we turn to James 5.17, this is how powerful prayer is. It says, Elijah was a man with the nature like ours. Yet he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the land. It says that Elijah was just like us. Elijah was a human just like us, yet he prayed that it didn't rain, and it didn't rain. So you guys have a lot of power inside of you, but the devil likes to make you feel like you're weak. You're not weak. You have Jesus, the creator of heaven and earth, living inside of you. 
and show the devil who God really is. You tell him, no, God is in me. And whatever God says, that's going to happen. I'm sorry, devil. You're the one going to hell. That's your destiny. That's not my destiny. And if we could turn to Daniel 10. If you think you're not important, listen to this, this scripture. It says, don't be afraid, Daniel. Put your name in it. Don't be afraid, Martha. Whatever your name is, put your name there. Don't be afraid, Daniel, he said. To me, from the first day that you purposed to understand, to humble yourself before your God, your prayers were heard. I have come because of your prayers, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me after I had been left there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to help you understand what will happen to your people in the last days, for the vision refers to those days. So Daniel prayed, just like I know each one of you probably has prayed before. It says that God heard Daniel the first time he prayed. The very first time he prayed, God said, I heard you, Daniel. But there was a battle. There's heavenly realm, there's spiritual realm that we can't see. It was trying to stop that prayer from getting to Daniel. But then God sent an angel, and God sent that prayer down to Daniel. So sometimes, right now, you're feeling like, what's going on? Nothing's happening. Something's happening. Jesus is on the throne, and it says that he's interceding for you and for me. We have Jesus backing us up. So don't feel like your prayer is not answered. In verse 10, it says, Hannah was in distress of soul. Praying to the Lord, weeping bitterly. I'm pretty sure Hannah had prayed before because it said they went up there year by year, every year. Her problem was still there. Every year, her problem was still. Maybe every service, your problem's still here. You've been here a year. You've been here two years. You've been here three years. It says that Hannah was in distress of soul, praying to the Lord and weeping bitterly. She wanted a son. That's how bad she was praying to God. That wasn't the only time she had asked God for a son. But just like you, you're praying and praying for that thing you want God to do in your life. We have to remember that we're not alone. Your words ain't just hitting the wall. God loves you so much that he listens to your prayers. There's a God that is for us. He listens to our cry. He's interested in our hurts. Whatever hurts us, it hurts God. Just like if our child gets hurt, it hurts us. That's the same thing with God. He loves you guys so much. In your pain, he sees your pain. If you have a desire to do something or you need something, God wants to fulfill that desire. We have to remember in the middle of everything, we have to continue to pray and not lose heart. Prayer is what's going to move the hand of God in our lives. Prayer keeps God involved in our lives. I'm pretty sure a lot of you are sitting here because somebody prayed for you. 
you guys just didn't happen to roll in. You guys had a mom, a grandma, a sister, a brother that was praying for you. You guys are answered prayers sitting right here. That's how powerful prayer is. I bet people think like, what the heck? That girl got saved? She was wild. Or that guy? I remember he was homeless. He had no, nothing. And God changed his life. He looks like a new man. That's how powerful prayer is. It's all around you guys. If you look at each other, you guys have been through a lot of things. But yet you're still here. God is with you. God is for you. He's not against you. It says, ask anything in the name of Jesus and it shall be given to you. Did it say some things? No, it said anything. That's in John 14, 13. I know prayer is powerful. When one incident when I was little, I, I thought something might have happened to me and I didn't tell nobody. But some lady had prayed for me at church like a week later and she said, Things that you were thinking, like, thinking of that might have happened to you didn't happen to you because there was angels all around you. And that's because my mom was a believer. And I know that's because my mom was praying for me. It could have happened maybe if she wasn't going to church. But God protected me because of my mother's prayers. So that's why it's important to continue to come to church. You're not just coming to church just to waste two hours no you're here because God's here and God hears your prayers and God's going to protect your family God's going to bring in your unsaved loved ones you guys got to stand firm and stop being little weak Christians like oh poor me no get right with God get your heart clean and start believing again God is so powerful and so mighty as long as it's according to his word he will give it to you if it's in his word, it's yours. If God says that he wants you blessed, then he wants you blessed. If he says he wants you healed, then he wants you healed. If he says that he wants your marriage to be restored, then your marriage will be restored. There's nothing impossible for God. God wants the best for you, for your marriage, your children, your finances, your personal life. But especially for you personally. He loves you. He loves you enough to hear your cry. If we turn to Psalms 34, 17. It says, the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. So how many righteous people do we have in here? God hears your cries. God hears your prayers. Sometimes we stumble and, and we think like, oh, I'm going to live two different lives. And then we're wondering why God ain't doing certain things because we're not giving him our all. It says that when the righteous cry out, that he hears their cries. It's time to get right in our hearts so the Lord could hear that cry. So he could answer those prayers. It says he delivers us out, but it's his way, not our way. Sometimes we want to still be sipping saints. Sometimes we still want to be parting and think like, oh, I could do this and that. 
and then I can go ask God for this. That's not how it works. When your kid is bad, do you give them everything they want? No. You say, get, behave yourself and I'll give it to you. That's the same way with God. We have to live right, and God's going to answer those prayers. In my life, there was something, many things, but one thing that I'll share with you guys is I had to endure. My husband had talked about it before. I had two miscarriages after my daughter Celeste. I had went to the doctors on my second, uh, my fourth pregnancy, and the doctors had told me that my baby didn't have a heartbeat, and I was already almost five months pregnant. And I was like, no, they got to be mistaken. So I went for a second opinion. And that doctor told me, no, your baby doesn't have a heartbeat. And so then I began to panic, like, what? Like, my baby doesn't have a heartbeat. That means I have a dead baby inside of me? Like, and then, so the next morning I went to the doctors and they told me that I would have to give birth, like if I was having a baby, the regular baby. I thought they were going to operate me, take it out. No, you still have to give birth like you're having the regular baby. I wasn't happy about it. I was sad. I was crying. I remember walking across the street from the doctors was right across from the hospital. And I was devastated inside. I was, me and my husband are pastoring. It doesn't matter who you are. Problems are going to come to you. But then I remembered walking across the street devastated. I remembered who I, who I am. I'm a child of God. And I'm thinking all these thoughts and I tell God, God, even though this is painful, make me that woman of God you called me to be. I didn't say, I hate you, God. I don't know why you did this to me. No, I said, God, make me that woman you want me to be because I love him that much. I know he has the best interest for my life. And for whatever reason you're going through something, only know that God has his best interest for you. Because I know that God is so powerful that he could have made my baby's heartbeat start again. But he didn't. So I go to the hospital. They don't put me in the nicest room. They put me in a storage room to give birth. It was all dirty and grungy. And I was just like, okay. They thought like, while her baby's dead, she could have her baby in there, I guess. I don't know. But even through that, I still had God's peace in my heart. I ended up giving birth to my baby a few hours later, and it was a little boy. And the next mo- that was on a Saturday. The next morning was Sunday. It was church. I could have said, I want to stay home. I'm so sad. Like, I don't want to see nobody. But no, I decided I needed to go to God's house because that's where I'm going to get a touch of Jesus. So that Sunday I went to church. I was feeling sad inside. I wasn't happy, like, oh, praise the Lord, I just lost my baby. No, I was sad. I was crying. But I do know that God knew what was best for my life. And I continue to trust him regardless of what had taken place. Remember, there's always a purpose for what we go through. There's always a purpose for your pain. God has his best interest in you. We can't get bitter. We just got to trust God. Let's turn to Proverbs 3, 5. 
It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him in all your ways and he will guide you on the right path. It says to trust the Lord with all your heart. Remember that God is with you. So when you're going through something, trust him with all your heart. Like, God, I know this is painful. I know this hurts, God, but I'm trusting you. I don't know why I have to go through this, but help me, God. Through all this, I knew God was still with me, and he still is with me. I was sad that I had lost my baby, but I let God give me peace. And sometimes when we go through things, we could give it to God, but then we don't let him give us peace. So then are we really giving it to him? Not really, because we're, we're still holding on to it. Like, wait, what if, what if, like all these what ifs in our head. I remember um, I still felt sad for a few weeks, maybe a few months. And one day I had told my sis, little sister was living with me, Danielle, and I was like, can you take my kids to get ice cream? But she didn't know what I was going through inside. And she was like, yeah. So I wanted to stay home and just cry. That's what I wanted to do. But instead, God told me, like, are you going to let me give you peace? He gave me, like, this peace that I wanted to cry, but he gave me a peace. And I was like, wait, I want to cry. I don't want to feel peace. I just want to cry for my baby. But then I was like, what the heck? God's giving me peace? God, I'll accept your peace. I want that peace. I don't want to live like this day by day all this hurt, all this pain. So sometimes we got to just release it and let God give you that peace because he's going to take care of you. And let's go to 1 Samuel 1, 17 through 18. It says, Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. So we see here that she started crying and praying. And it says in the, in the verses that the Eli thought she was drunk. That's how bad she was crying. But God said, told the prophet, to tell her to go in peace, and God of Israel, grant your petition which you have asked him. So God's going to grant you that thing that you have asked him. So be in peace. It says that she even went to go eat. So she must have been happy. She let God give her that joy, that peace. And she no longer had a sad face because she remembered and she heard the voice of God and he said, I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you that thing you're praying for. After Hannah prayed, she believed everything was going to be okay. We need to choose to let God in to comfort us. Right now you might be going through a hard time. Let God be your peace. Let him comfort you. It says the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and he's our comforter. He's always with us. We're not alone. We might feel alone. We might be in a car alone. When we're driving, but we're not alone because the Holy Spirit is with us. God is with you guys. You might be in a marriage and you might feel like, man, my husband or my wife, they make me miserable, God. Remember, God is with you and he could change hearts. God is so powerful. 
And that's why we can't look to people to fulfill those empty desires because people will fail you. But God will never fail you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's always with you. When, once you have a relationship with him, there's no going back because you know people can't give you what Jesus could give you. It's only Jesus that can give you that peace, that void. Learn to trust God at his word. Like I said, it was such a sad moment in my life, but yet I have never felt God's peace like I did in that certain circumstance that I went through. Sometimes God makes us go through things and we don't know why, but he's trying to show you how close he really is to you. Yes, it was painful, but I felt God with me like never before. I experienced his peace like I never have. Am I glad it took place? No. I was sad. I had just lost my baby. But I do know who's in control of my life. It says that God's the creator, so he knows every single thing in my life. How am I going to come against him if he's the almighty one? So remember through those hard times, you're not alone. God is with you. Even though it feels like God's far away, you might, might have lost your job or one of your children might have backslid or is not serving God or you feel like your marriage is falling apart. Remember, God is with you. The same way he was with Hannah. Let's turn to 1 Samuel 1, 12. While she continued praying in the Lord's presence, Eli watched her lips. Hannah was praying silently, and though her lips were moving, her voice could not be heard. Eli thought she was drunk and scolded her. How long are you going to be drunk? Get rid of your wine. No, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman with a broken heart. I haven't had any wine or beer I've been pouring out my heart before the Lord. Don't think of me as a wicked woman. I've been praying from the depth of my anguish and resentment. Eli responded, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant the petition you requested from him. May your servant find favor with you, she replied. Then Hannah went on her way. She ate and no longer looked despondent. The next morning, Elkanah and Hannah got up early to bow and worship before the Lord. Afterward, they returned home to Ramah. Then Elkanah was intimate with his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. It said that the Lord remembered what he promised Hannah. So God granted her that baby that she had been praying for over and over and over again. Sometimes people might think like, man, that girl's weird, that guy's weird. They just come in all miserable and sad. But people don't know what you're going through. But God knows what you're going through. Don't feel bad. Just, just know who to cry out to. Cry out to the Lord. And just like he gave Hannah that prayer, that promise, he's going to give it to you. Whatever you've been praying for, God's going to give it to you. 
2016, it's your time. It says Pastor Ruben's having a conference, and it's called Full Force Blessing. So this is a year of blessing. Maybe you came in from 2015 with all these things, but God's going to give you your promise, so rejoice in him. Have peace. God is about to answer your prayer for your marriage, for your children, for your finances, for your health. Don't give up. Trust him. Believe again. If you turn to Galatians 6, 9. It says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to give up and go back to the world. It makes it look better. Like, look, you're all miserable right here. Just go back to the world. It's no, no difference. But what does God say? He says, don't grow weary, for in the proper time you're going to reap a harvest if you don't give up. God has that blessing right for you. Don't give up. God is with you. That thing you desire, it's going to come to pass. Just like Hannah, God gave me one of my heart's desires after my two miscarriages. I could relate to Hannah. God blessed me with my daughter Isabella. I remember praying like, I want to have a baby. It was, it was a little scary when I got pregnant thinking about it, but then I remembered... God, you promised me I'm not going to be scared because she's going to be born healthy and, and she's going to be born full term. And that's exactly what God did. And I named her Isabella because it means God is my promise. So I remember when I see her, God is my promise. God promised you something. He's going to give it to you. He's about to bless you. And through my whole pregnancy, I remember God gave me this scripture, and I'm going to give it to you. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end. God's thoughts for you are peace, and he has good thoughts for you. You might be going through something, but you're going to come out of it. Because Jesus lives inside of you. And Jesus does not lie. His word says it. Believe it. Trust in him. It's time to get back into believing God at his word. And stop letting the devil just slap you around like you're nobody. You guys are somebody. You guys are so important to God. If we could please stand up. And if anyone is here today and doesn't know Jesus, if we could bow our heads and close our eyes, please. In Romans 10:19 it says I'm sorry. It says that if we call upon the name of the Lord that we shall be saved. Some of you guys don't know Jesus. But Jesus wants to change your life. You came here cuz someone invited you. And if that's you this morning, if you could just raise your hand so we could pray for you. God sees your hands and it says when somebody gives their life to the Lord that there's a party in heaven that they rejoice. If you guys could just bow your heads and start speaking in tongues, please. If you guys speak in the spirit. Whoever raised their hand to accept Jesus, if you could please come up here so we could pray for you. 
don't be embarrassed it says that if we're embarrassed of God then he'll he won't notice us when we go up to heaven so he knows our every footsteps he knows everything about us so don't be ashamed about it and if we could just bow our heads and just repeat this the ones that came up to receive Jesus to say Jesus I know that I'm a sinner forgive me of all my sins I call unto you to be saved change my life and I give you my life in Jesus name amen if we could pray for them please and maybe you're here today and you feel like God you forgot about me God I'm still hurting I'm still in pain and you're like Hannah come give it to God this morning he's here his presence is here he wants to touch you he wants you to leave different so if that's you just come up to the altar please